Welcome to Launching Life at 60, a podcast aimed at women and men in their 60s embarking on a new venture in their life to follow their passion. I'm Nobuko, your host, who's trying to do precisely that at the age of 63. My guest today is 31-year-old Shakti Chauhan from Dubai. He's a highly successful businessman with a clear goal of making a billion dollars. But he also wants to use his wealth to transform the world for the better. So welcome to my show, Shakti. You're definitely the youngest guest on my show ever. But for a young man of your age, you faced some incredible adversities most of us probably would never face. And yet you've risen like Phoenix. So would you say that now making, um, being incredibly wealthy is your passion in life now? Is that your passion? It, it has always been, Nabucco, yes. <laughs> okay. it's, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I remember since I was a child, um, I, I felt very entitled to things and um, I just wanted to do so many things. And uh, it's, it's not that I only love, uh, you know, the flashy things that money can buy. I just love the things that you're able to do with money. And I just want to do so much that money is almost like um, a tool, like oxygen to be able to do the things that I want to do. As I'm getting older, I have realized that when I was really young, I thought it was about getting things. And then I got a little bit older and I realized it's not just about getting things, it's about also getting experiences. And now I realize it's, it's, it's even beyond that. It's about getting impact, getting influence, uh, leaving a, a legacy, money enables you to do so much. I can't think of anything else that enables you to do so much uh, the way the way money does. And I am just completely unapologetically <laughs> passionate about about making money. <laughs> I am. And um, so, what is the secret of becoming a millionaire? Are you can we call you a millionaire businessman? <laughs> Yes, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I have made secrets at and what I made uh, my first business. I made my first million at the age of 27. I think that's when I hit it. I was not even keeping track of it. I was so busy gambling <laughs> that I was not even keeping track of it. Uh, but uh, but yeah, I, I would say the secret to making a million is um, ambition. Ambition. Yes, and that's it. I, I would say getting to any kind of a goal is um, mostly just going for it. I don't think enough people go for it. If, if you really ask yourself, and uh, you mentioned that you're 63 years old, I'm, I'm sure you've seen so much of life, so much more than me, and you've met so many people. If you start talking to people and you ask them, do you want to be a millionaire? Most people are like, just like, I, I don't know if I want to be, I don't know how I do it. And because I, we I'm don't know what it's sure. like to and, be a millionaire. So it's difficult to know. Well, it, it's, it's mostly just about, so, so this is a distinction. And I, I recently made a video on this, that while setting goals, we think that we need to set goals according to our, abilities, circumstances, and, and all these conditions that we put on ourselves, right? That, you know, I can't think like this because I, I'm, I'm, I was not born into a rich family or I didn't go to Harvard or Oxford or, you know, whatever, or I'm not talented or gifted. Like, 
Mark Zuckerberg was. He was making apps when he was 11 years old. So what do I know? You know, like that we have all these conditions. Whereas I have found that the greatest secret to achieving the ambition is just deciding that you want it no matter what, without knowing the how. So normally we only allow ourselves to think as big as we know how to, to get done. So if, if we don't know, in fact, I think it should be a prerequisite. If you set a goal for yourself and you know how you are going to do it, like the goal is not big enough. But money is not real, is it? Like, you know, I was reading Robert uh, Kiyosaki's book, no, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. And the, he keeps on saying fabulous that money book. is not real. Fabulous, fabulous book. Yeah. Money is not yes, real. Yes, it's not real. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so what? Okay. So would you like me to, do you want to say something about this? Or would you like me to elaborate on what, what he means when he says money is not real? Well, I mean, he's, he's advising you to turn your money into assets. Okay. But also, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. So what he's saying when he says money is not real is money is a piece of paper that the government is printing, right? So Robert Kiyosaki loves to reiterate the fact that they are printing. Yes. They can print as much as they want. So why are you saving something that they can print as much as they want? Okay. So just forget about saving the money because this is what the average guy does, right? The average person, he he makes the money, he gets paid, right? And then, then he tries to save the money. In the bank. Yeah, right? but that's all and we know. That, yes, yes. Now, the problem with that is what happens is that the government prints money as much as they want yeah. whenever, whenever, they, whenever they want. Not just government, like but for, banks do too. Banks do. Well, yeah, the banks. That, so the Federal Reserve does, or, or there's different authorities in different governments, but like in different kinds of economies. Yes. Okay. But they print the money. Yeah. Um, as they please. So, for example, in America, uh, there was COVID nineteen, right, and it hit, They're and everybody money. was um, struggling. Yeah. So they decided to print, let's say, two trillion dollars. Let's let's say, okay, and they they decided to um, distribute it among the public. Now, what is happening there is people don't realize this. What's happening there is, so imagine Donald Trump comes to you, Nobuko, or, or your British prime minister comes to you and says, Theresa May, is that Theresa May still? No, 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 it's um, um, uh, Boris Johnson. Oh, Boris Johnson. Okay, yes, yes. all right, yeah. So Boris Johnson comes to you and says, uh, Nobuko, so we've hit this uh, COVID-19 and uh, we need a lot of money because a lot of people are struggling, government is struggling and we, we need money basically. So as a part of this uh, uh, country, you are a citizen and I'm now just going to come and take uh, how much money you got in your bank. And you're like, uh, what, you're going to take money from me? And he says, well, yeah, we need it. And uh, so you're like, but I don't want to give my money, right? And like, why don't you figure it out yourself? And he's like, no, we're just going to take it. And uh, how much you have in your bank account? And let's say you have 20,000 pounds in your bank account. And he says, okay, I'm going to take 2,000 pounds out of your bank account. Is that okay? Is that okay with you, Nobuko? Well, I mean, that's, that's what taxes are, isn't it? Well, ta- on top of the taxes, this is not, I'm not talking about tax. You've already paid your taxes. You've already paid your dues. Okay, and he wants an extra 2,000. But you're saying yeah, that, but I know what you're saying. <laughs> of course, no one wants to do that. But, but they're doing that surreptitiously. That's what you're saying, aren't you? Yes, yes. So once, once they start printing money, that's what they're essentially doing. 
Yes. They are just taking like 5%, 10%, sometimes 2%, 3% out of your purchasing power, which doesn't seem like a lot at first, but like over time, if you've just been saving money in your bank account, then then that's what your money is worth. It's, it's, it's worth less. So what your, Robert Kiyosaki, coming back to your point is, what he's saying is, don't keep your money in cash. That's what he's saying. Okay. Like don't get paid your salary and then keep your money in cash. Keep your money in something which he calls assets which I, I'm telling you, it's, it's something, asset is anything that they cannot make more of, like just, just like that. So it could be gold, it could be silver. Lord Robert Kiyosaki loves gold and silver. Yes. He now loves Bitcoin. I love Bitcoin. Um, okay, but, but you could put your money in property. You can put your money in businesses. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki discourages you to put money in stocks because he says stocks are, are something that you really have to study and, and like, Almost like 98% of people that do stocks lose money in stocks. So he says, don't put your money in stocks. You will just end up losing money. So find a safe asset in which you will not necessarily lose your money, which he calls it gold because gold has stood the test of time over the yes. last two, 3000 years. Yes. You know, like even beyond that, like, I don't know how many thousands of years gold has stood the test of time that it's valued more and more, but yes. people actually disagree with that. And people say that stock market has performed much better than gold. So even if you just bought like um, an index fund, so index fund is like you, you go in, in your country, there will be some kind of an index fund, which will be a combination of top hundred companies or top 400, 200, 500 companies. So in the America, it's, um, uh, I, I'm, I just, it's slipping my, my, it's um, okay. but yeah. Going too much into those uh, stock market details. I mean, we, we, I want to come back to you. So um, okay, sure. you, you, you're passionate about okay, building your wealth, Robert Kiyosaki way. And uh, uh -huh. that's always been your passion since your child. And so, but, but you've been through many adversities, but now you've bounced back. And so where are you now? Well, I am uh, all throughout my 20s, Nobuko. I worked a lot and um, I just but didn't I enjoy how, how, What kind of business are you running? And how your key, right now, how, you, how your business is snowballing so that you get a billion in a few years' time. How are you doing that? Well, it's it's <laughs> well, I I'm in the process of right now um, shutting down my current operation, which was uh, playing poker and organizing mm -hmm. poker games. That's what I did for about mm -hmm. eleven years. Mm -hmm. And six months ago, I decided that I cannot scale as fast as I I was scaling for the last five years because I've, I've hit a point in my life where uh, to like double, triple, 10x my money from here, it would be very difficult to do that in poker mm -hmm. uh, because, because there's just not big enough games. Like I would have to go and play against the best players in the world and, and then try to 10x my money from here, which mm -hmm. is like, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to go and compete with the best people in the world in, in poker. I'm not good enough to do that. Mm -hmm. So... Um, so I've, I've decided to get into business. Mm -hmm. So I'm currently starting a um, couple of new projects. They're very, very uh, new right now. I'm building them up. It's going to take years before they turn into something substantial. What kind substantial. of project? Can you let us know? Can, can you get us some idea of what project? Absolutely. So yes, absolutely. So uh, one is a gaming app for mm -hmm. the Indian market. So I want to get into technology and apps. I think it's very exciting because... Uh, it's very fascinating. It's very new. If you mm -hmm. figure out how to solve a problem in a market, you can, you can, once you solve it, you can really scale it up 
very fast and it grows very fast, which is, which is something that I like. Uh, my YouTube channels are my passion project. I'm not looking to make money from it. In fact, I am uh, looking to pass on everything that I have learned over the years to other young people so that they don't waste their 20s. A lot of uh, my 20s were wasted in things like irresponsible gambling, alcohol, um, um, lot, lot of lot of things. I wasted a lot of time well, staying what, around. That, that's what people. people in their 20s do, isn't it? Not gambling, but I mean, the 20s are spent experiencing university i don't know doing things for the first time in their life and making mistakes isn't it but yours was a bit i don't think so no, but no i think it's a pity it's 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 i i love the quote that that um have you heard of this quote it says um youth is wasted on the young oh. it's it's such a tragedy that that is true in most cases that youth is wasted on the young by the time you realize you want to do something with your life, you've already become old, you have less energy and less creativity and so on. Whereas if you would have just stayed on course all throughout your teens and then 20s. Yeah, but you're 31 uh, things, young. Things, so, so, yeah. So you don't need to look well, back, do you? <laughs> so, it's, it's all about perspective. For, for me, I can just look at my 20s and just see how much I could have done. And... Okay. Um, I, I did, I did achieve um, more than most people, but I, I just, I guess, hold myself to a higher standard. And so I, that's what I you sometimes want, get not... depressed, actually. Okay, but I, my I YouTube is not money-making. Thinking of... Uh, so yes, YouTube you, you is not money-making. You say gaming apps, so what, what else have you got, you know, going So gaming you, app is one project, and yeah. then I have another project with a very close friend of mine, uh, we are going to create a company that is going to do acquisitions. Okay. So we are going, it's, it, you can consider it as a revenue buying acquisitions company. It's a, it's going to be a conglomerate. We are going to start with healthcare yeah. firms. So we will buy revenue generating businesses. Um, me and my friend, we both are very good at um, networking. We're very good at um, with our communication, with uh, raising money, things like that. Yeah. Um, and and we are going to raise money uh, yes. through private investors and banks on one hand, and we are going to look at companies that are worth buying. A um, lot of business owners are looking for retirement when they turn 55, 60, 65, and a lot of their children don't want to you know, take over their business. They're doing their own thing. So a lot of these business owners are looking for exits, and we are going to buy these businesses and consolidate them into a conglomerate. So, and, so and, this is a project. And in what are they all going to be in healthcare, or can can they be in any field? We are starting with healthcare because we are very excited about because in healthcare you can buy the companies at uh, a less earnings multiple than other businesses. Like personally, I'm I'm very excited about technology companies, but technology companies sell at a very higher multiple, so it's very hard to finance them. It's very hard to raise money to be able to buy. A technology company but a healthcare company a lot of the time hotels you can find good deals in hotels you can find good deals in real estate so real estate is something we look at um healthcare is something we're most excited about but then all kinds of businesses any kind of a revenue generating business that is a good buy we will we will we will buy it it's, it will be in the marketplace just looking for businesses and that's what where we'll which part of the world would you be 
So we will All start right. with India because India is most fragmented. So in India, India requires the most consolidation. So if you come to America, you will see there's like in any industry, there is maybe eight, 10 brands that just prevail. They own everything else. Anybody else new that, that comes up, they just buy them out. And that's why they're mammoth uh, players in, in the American market. But in India, there's a lot of individual small uh, mom and pop shops uh, that, that we will acquire and then we will consolidate them into a brand. And you continue to base yourself in Dubai. I just like Dubai, Nobuko. I think it's geographically uh, very nicely located in between. I'm one flight away from anywhere. I can take one flight, get to America, Europe, India, anywhere. And what I love about Dubai is it's, it's culturally, it is very much like India. So yes. I've lived in the UK. I've lived in America. And I've, I start to miss home when I'm in these places like UK and America because yes. it's, it's very different. The culture is different. Um, everyone talks in English. I'm, I'm perfectly fine to talk in English, but sometimes I miss that homely feel. Whereas in Dubai, almost everyone talks in Hindi. Culturally, mm. it's very similar to India. It is in many ways ahead of America and the UK in lifestyle and in just you know everything. I think there's abundance of money and uh, no taxes. Gotta love that. So tell me, so now, but you didn't start off as a businessman. You said you, you know, you're, you've been a poker player. And, uh, but initially, even before you went into poker, you're a pilot. So you, you try, so yes, you I was. You wanted to fly, like, you know, lots of boys do. You wanted to fly. And you went to America to train as a pilot. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how you started, right? And did you ever become a pilot? Or, or was, um, was there so much unemployment? I mean, I, mean, I know that when you, when you trained, become a, when you became qualified as a pilot, the Indian Airlines, where you, India's, you, right. you're originally from India, Indian Airlines weren't hiring. So you couldn't Absolutely, yes. get a job. So that's how yes. you went into poker. But did you ever, did you ever fly? Did you get to fly? I did fly. So you have to fly about 250 hours to get your license. So I flew that much. Right. Yes, I flew that much. I I did my training in America, actually. It's a wonderful time I had in America, flying, exploring the country at the time. I was 18 years old at the time. So it was very exciting for me to come to America from India and stay here by myself. And at times I got lonely, but but I still loved it. I enjoyed it. So you didn't become a, you flew, sorry, but you didn't become a commercial pilot. You didn't. So I, I did get you my did. license as a commercial pilot. Yes. But did you get a I, job I as a, a commercial still. pilot? No. So no. I never flew for an airline. Right. I did. I, I got my license and I never ended up flying for an airline because I was applying and waiting for a call back from the airlines. And in the meantime, I started playing poker. Right. I was actually never interested in flying. Okay. And uh, I just wanted to travel and make money and just have a good life. And once I started to get that kind of life through poker, then I found no reason to go back to flying. So initially, you are you are a natural poker player. You found that you're a natural poker player. You, initially, you were successful. Absolutely not. I, I just got lucky. No, I'm not at all a natural poker player. In fact, <laughs> I think I'm pretty bad at poker. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I actually uh, just got lucky in the beginning because at the time when I started playing poker, or it, poker was very new in India. So even though I was really bad, uh, just people around me was just worse. That's all. 
So it, it, it was just a great time to get started in India at the time. Everyone was just learning. So what year was and, that? Uh, that 19... must have been about 2011. 2011, okay. okay. Yes, and I just, I'd just gotten back from America. And uh, in 2011, I started playing poker. And uh, what I was good at, Nabucco, was I was very good with people. So yes, even though I was very <laughs> bad... <laughs> so as as... Even though I was really bad at poker, I was very good at making friends, breaking ice with people. So that that did two things for me. Number one, I made a lot of connections very fast in poker. Yeah. So I almost knew everyone. Within six months of me being in poker, I knew the best guys. I knew the top guys, the best players and so on. So that do, did two things. A, it gave me a very broad network of people that I knew inside of poker. And I started organizing games because of how many people I knew. And because people knew me, liked me, and trust me, they would just come to my game over other games. And I made a lot of money organizing games. That's one. And the second thing I did was because I, I made such good friends with some of the best players, a lot of these best players, a lot of their skill just rubbed off on me. Just from me talking to them and you know being around them. I, I still think I'm pretty bad. Almost all my friends are much better poker players than me. But but just like I'm I'm a much better poker player than the average guy just because I, I was around all these. Like if you hang around the best people in the world, you know, at, at something, it just rubs off on you. What, so what that's does kind it take of what happened to be a good me. poker player? You need to have a good memory, don't you? No, that's no? a lot of okay. misconceptions about it. No. Okay. Uh, you, I, I would say you need most of all patience. Uh, oh. You cannot be... The, the thing that really messes up... Um, Poker, trading, gambling, any kind of gambling, um, like all these things have one thing in common that if, if you are easily irritated or if you easily get angry, which was me, by the way, I would easily get angry and I would drink a lot in my 20s. So alcohol didn't help. It made it worse. Um, it, it, what it does is it, it will, poker really challenges you mentally in a lot of, lot of ways again and again and again. So it's like mental jabs. It's like you're taking these jabs constantly and if you get angry you lose because you'll get angry you'll take stupid decisions and so it's it's really a battle with your own mind when you're playing poker because you literally are gambling aren't you you're yes you are risk. gambling yes you're taking yes risks. yes and many times you take the right decision and you still lose money which can be frustrating and um, you get angry and then you're like fuck it i'm just gonna yeah you know do whatever and then you start to you know do rash um, you, you start to take rash decisions, just like in life. But on a poker table, like two hours of rash decisions will cost you a lot of money. And then those are the expensive lessons that you learn and then you get better and then you learn to tame your mind um, in order to, to you know, just keep on playing well, even though you're, you're losing money. I've lost a lot of money in one day. It's, it's like I've been, I'm, I've been with my entire net worth on the table many times and I've lost it a few times even. So, so that's, what's the biggest that's loss really... in one evening? Biggest loss in one evening was uh, something like two hundred thousand pounds. Two hundred thousand pounds in yeah, about ten years ago. And how do you sleep after that? I mean, how do you how do you stay together? You and now drink, I would sleep. Drink yourself to, to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's that's what I did at the time when I lost that. Um, but now I think I would take uh, take it much better because I just understand now that if that one night, like that one loss has no meaning. 
just the quality of my decisions mm-hmm. I took that night. Uh, it, it just matters. That's all. So you, you don't beat yourself up. Right I don't anymore. No, I've I've lost a lot more actually. Uh, now I've lost a lot more trading. For example, in the last three months, I think I lost one point five million dollars in a span of thirty days, and I'm fine. Say what? <laughs> what? Uh, uh, I lost value in my stocks in my stock portfolio. Oh, okay. The stock market in America has not been good for the last sixty days. And I had my money um, in Bitcoin. I had my money in Tesla stock and um, a couple of other stocks as well. I had my money in Coinbase. I bought the Coinbase stock, uh, which is a, a crypto wallet uh, company. I think it's going to do really well over the next five, 10 years. But I lost. I lost $400,000 only in Coinbase since the time of its launch. Yeah, but if you don't I... cash out, you're not losing, are you? Uh, that so I, is, know the I mean, I've lost, you are right. You're absolutely right. And that's what I tell people when people get upset about their stock portfolio, losing value, but, right. uh, but yeah, you're right. Some, some positions I did take a loss and exit. Um, but, uh, some positions I still have them. So technically I haven't lost. You're right. But, so, but in the poker game, your actual debt was mounting and your creditors were after you. So tell me, well, yeah, that, that was a time. That, that was a time about five years ago um, when I, I was sitting at a game and I lost about, I think I lost about 250,000 pounds over a period of five days. And that was all the money that I had at the time. And that was my loss. So I, I lost everything. I went broke. And then I was also organizing a game. I had two, three tables. It was a poker event. And when you organize a game, there's people that you have to pay and then there's people that you have to collect from. So obviously you have credit limits and you try not to go over. But this this particular time, I was irresponsible. I was not thinking straight. And I give a lot of money. Like I give a lot of credit to a few guys that ended up defaulting on me. So I faced a default, like cumulative default, because one guy defaulted and then the other guy defaulted. And then it's like a, domino effect like many guys just um decided to default on the game because once one guy does so, it, so they cheated you now they cheated on you absolutely yes okay they, they cheated me if they would have won they would have taken the money and if they would have lost now in, in times like these uh, a lot of the organizers what they do is they they say like i didn't get paid so i'm not gonna pay so i didn't do that i i thought it was very um it was necessary to protect my reputation and pay the winners, even though the losers did not pay me. So okay. I couldn't pay them all the money at the time. They were all my friends. So the ones, because I told them I don't have the money, I lost the money and, and, and I owed them, but I told them I would pay them in time. And some of them, I agreed to pay them with interest. So over the next two years, I organized more games and I made money and I, I paid everyone off. And in poker, and, you know, when we uh, see poker game in the film, you will see people actually throwing um, notes into that, onto, onto the table. I mean, is that how you play? Do you play cash? But, but no, I, I suppose you can't if you're into hundreds. No, most, mostly. Yeah, mostly you play with chips. So okay, you have right. chips and bricks um, and, and you just play with those. Okay, so you, there's no physical yes, uh, money transaction. Okay, so um, yeah. 
so how but the transaction does happen the transaction happens right after like the next day or like within the week or something like that so it is real money uh but but you don't keep cash on the table you just play with chips right and when you are so so all that accumulated and accumulated to about one and a half million pounds right At, mm-hmm. on, uh no uh well uh, what are you talking about again with the one and a half million? i was trying to work out how, how badly in debt you were when you were in oh your that first was about state. i it was not in my worst state i owed about 1 million dollars 1 million dollars um yeah something like so like 7800000 pounds something like that and uh, by the time i paid it off with the interest it must have been about about a million pounds okay okay so i paid it off over 2 years and how long were you in in debt for and how long did it take you to pay back about um, i think i got in debt over a span of one week and uh, it was like a big blow and um, after that most of my debt i was able to pay within the next 9 months i just got lucky with a couple of uh, deals um, that i made and uh, i i just ended up making a lot of money then i had one particular session when i won like a decent chunk of money like about like me and my partner we both owed the money so we won like he won about he won a tournament which was about 120000 pounds something like that and i had a 40 hour session where i played non stop for 40 hours it's not a smart thing to do by the way but i did that and i in that session i won about about the same about 120000 pounds so like that week itself we made about 300000 pounds and we were able to you know use that money to then make more money and you know eventually we would just keep paying our friends so so yeah <laughs> and it um, was a roller coaster ride that time but right. it taught me a lot of lessons it's it's like it's actually when i look back i realized it was one of the greatest gifts because what happens is let's say if i did not if I, if i if i never got into a debt of a million pounds right or or million dollars at the time um i would not push myself as hard enough so because i was in debt and i i just gave myself no other option now i had to make the million dollars to to just pay it off so i was just working so hard and going so hard at it and in that pursuit i i learned so many lessons that once i paid off the debt all that skill that i had acquired in paying off that debt didn't go away it was just there so what so now you- from that point on i could just make more and more money for myself what and, did you learn uh, the most and yeah that was it what i learned the most uh, in the domain of poker was no, in uh, your life humble. lesson uh even in life lesson i think it was being humble uh the reason why i lost i mean like my entire bankroll that week was because i was not humble there was a, there were players on the table that were better than me and i was very egoistic i was like i can beat these guys like i got this and i was just cocky about it and i would just i was just going up against people that were better than me and now i'm just very very ruthless with which games i choose to play in if there is any doubt in my mind that i whether i can win in this game or not i just don't play in that in that lineup in that with those players if i decide to play in a game i make bloody well sure like that i 
I, I will win in that game. I'm much, much better than those players that I'm playing with. For example, just the maturity of right now, quitting poker and getting out of it, getting into business, even though it's a slow grind, I can go back and make a lot of money in poker and overgo. Like, it's like a, like that. I, I know it like the back of my hand, but I, I having the maturity now to not just keep on running on the hamster wheel and go for bigger and better things, even though it might take time. For example, my YouTube channel, like it's not giving me anything back. It's costing me money. I employed a team of six people and they are helping me editing the videos and I'm getting an assistant now to help me with all this stuff. It's costing me money. And uh, I'm still doing it because I know in the long run, will it will pay off. I'm playing the macro game now. Whereas my, the earlier, the 24-year-old me would just take all the money I had and put it on the line and try to double it, triple it, you know, like by, by next month, I want to double this. And by, you know, I would just very uh, impatient. So one thing I learned is patience. And second thing I learned is being humble enough to, to just learn from other people and not go to war when you're not prepared. Um, before I would just um, go to war, whether I was prepared or not, I was like, I'll just figure it out. And if I go broke, I go broke. I'll just make it back again. But now I have much more respect for uh, what I have. I realize the time I waste doing something that, that I don't get anything back for, that time I can never get back. I have a lot of respect for time. Uh, I have a lot of respect for the money I have. So, so yeah, these are some of the things that I learned. Oh. But you told me when I spoke to you earlier, you said, oh, maybe it was in, in another interview that you said that one of the first thing you did in order to sort out your debt problem was to get a mentor. Mm-hmm. Or it was mentor. Um, uh, mental coach. Of, yes, what? Coach, mental game coach. Yes, mental game coach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how, how did that come about? And how did you find it? How, find, how well, did it's you find just him? A f- it's, it's a friend of mine. Um, he was a below average poker player and within a span of uh, six months, he became the best, the, the best tournament poker player in India. Now, I don't play tournaments, but I looked at the transformation this guy went through in six months and I was like, what are you doing? And he told me I'm, I'm working with a guy called Elliot Rowe and he's changed my life. And I said, who's this guy? And he said, he's a mental game coach. And uh, this, I said, I've never heard of mental game. And he's like, yes, it's a new thing. And poker players are taking, it's almost like performance coaching. Like he teaches you how to perform in high pressure situations and you can learn from him. And he, he told this to a lot of people, but just a lot of people were just not humble enough to, to try something like that. And I just decided to talk to this guy and, uh, and he literally changed my life. He, he started fixing my negative patterns. He, um, he told me the habits that I need to inculcate things like fitness, uh, meditation, e- even he would make me do exercises. Like j- just before starting the game, I should, uh, you know, prepare myself. If I'm tired, I should not play. I should never play beyond eight or nine hours because, you know, it's, it's just not a good idea to play. I would play for 30, 40 hours without stopping. Even while I was sleepy and tired, I would just keep on playing. The longest session that I played was for 72 hours. I, I started hallucinating. It's after three days of just, you know, playing poker. I start, that was the session, by the way. When you I play lost, such a long session when you're loss. losing or when you're winning? Both. It just Both. depends. Um, you, play, you keep on playing when you're winning if, if the game is really worth it. So if there's like a, yeah. if there's a billionaire sitting there just throwing money, 
uh, then that it, it becomes very hard to uh, stop because that guy. So there are some guys in our circles that don't play much, but when they play, it's like you know Santa Claus is in town. He's just distributing money. So it's like you you don't want to get up at that that point because like this guy, he he just has so much money. He's spending some money on his entertainment right now. So throwing like a couple of hundred thousand in one night is not a big deal for this guy. And like, it's not every day that you get to play in a game like that when you're a poker player. So when you do get a chance, it's like you want to keep on, you know, wanting to maximize. But there is a line there. So that's what Elliot helped me teach. Like if, if you're playing for eight hours normally, you can stretch it and play for maybe 14 hours. But once you start going beyond 20 hours and 25 hours, then you're really not playing your A game. You're really just sitting there gambling by the but end in any of case, it. They won't uh, let you leave, will they? You're kind of trapped in that kind of game situation. Well, that, that's, that's a part I'm... of it. That's that's part of it. That's very smart of you, actually, that you do realize that, Nobuko. <laughs> you're, uh, are you a gambler, Nobuko? Are you hiding <laughs> from everyone gambled. that you secretly spoke of? <laughs> I mean, you understand all these things about gambling. <laughs> Okay, good, good. Yes, you're right. Uh, people don't want you to leave when you're winning. And uh, I, uh, you face that. But you, there's always a way out. Like after eight hours, if, if people, people can ex- make you extend for like one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. But if you're sitting there for 40 hours, then it's not on them. It's on you. Like after like, you know, four hours of extension, you, you, you can be like, all right, guys, I extended like four hours, five hours, like seven hours, you know. But, but if, I, if you're sitting there like me, it, like for 72 hours and hallucinating by the end of it, still not stopping that then that that's uh that's a problem but you've come that's out with problem. this fairly well because i mean you know you don't look haggard i mean you you look you look young youthful and energetic so uh it's very hard to believe that you've been through all this but so, oh my god you should see my pictures i'll send you a picture of mine for, from five years ago i i look like a 35 year old father of two children uh unhealthy ugly uh you know person uh, how it's, do you it's stay... just uh, yeah but how do you stay focused you can, it's just you... amazing how you can it, it's just amazing how you can turn yourself around life turn your life around really? like I, once i started talking to elliot yeah once i stopped drinking and i started working out people started telling me like my own friends started telling me like you look like you're going for modeling or acting or like what's going on with you. And it was really nothing. I just went from really bad to just, you know, decent, but it was such a big leap of, of change because I just fixed my diet. I started working out and my skin was looking better. I was feeling better. I was, I, I started reading books. So I was talking like about better things. It's just overall, just, I just transformed within like 12 to 18 months, I transformed. But what did he think about your debt problem? Did he, fa- did he help you get out of that? I mean, cope with the mental pressure of, of, of being in debt? Not so much. No, I think uh, by the time I got out of debt is when I started talking to Elliot. Elliot helped me more uh, getting to where I am. So Elliot helped me get to from broke to, to where I am now. So it was not um, like getting out of debt was mostly hustle. That was just mostly me. Hmm. And how did you keep yourself together? I mean, didn't you think about what I mean? I mean, people normally become suicidal when you're that in debt. 
Oh no, I I didn't get suicidal at all. I just had such big. This is what I talk about, Nobuko. Like this ambition saved me. I like million dollars. If 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 most people would think like a million dollars of debt. Oh my god, it's like like to me. I was like, I'm gonna make a billion dollars in my life anyway. So what does it matter if I'm in a debt of million dollars right now? Like my business partner used to get so stressed. He's like, we we owe million dollars right now. I was like, dude, I'm gonna make like hundreds of millions of dollars in my life. So what does it matter if I start from minus one? I start from zero or minus one. It's the same thing. It, it doesn't matter. It's just like let's just figure out how to get out of this and let's just start taking action towards it. That's it. And the big thing over here for me was getting rid of the handbrakes. And the big ones were alcohol and uh, smoking. I used to smoke a lot and I used to drink a lot. And those were the two big, very very big. handbrakes and um, actually a gentleman from uk helped me get out of that it's uh, his name is alan cor i don't know if you've heard of him he's got clinics all over the uk and he helps people quit um, smoking and drinking and i read his books and i quit drinking and i quit smoking and i just felt great and then i realized that if i could quit drinking and smoking which i thought was not even possible i thought i was so addicted that i could never quit but when i did that after reading his books I was like if I could do that through books then I can probably do anything through books. And then I just started reading more and more books related to the topics that I wanted to get, you know, good in and and then this every little book, every little thing just kept on helping me. But how and one of those know, books how, was actually I mean how how could you have been so sure that you would make a billion when you are a million in debt? So that that that's the distinction Nobuko. It's not that I'm so sure it's just that i'm committed it's it's like it's, i'm i'm not i'm i'm you can say, i am sure okay yeah. but it's not that i'm sure because god will make me or my it is in my destiny or like no i'm sure because i will make it happen okay where does that I come will, from? i i i i set a goal for myself that i'm going to make 1 million dollars and then i set a goal for myself i'm going to make 5 million dollars and and i did all of that so everything that i think and i go for it i mostly i mostly just do it it just yeah, but, happens but, but like 9 out of 10 times 8 out of 10 times you, you slipped back by you slipped back by a million is there going forward you sit down by a million yeah so how did so, you what does it matter though what does it matter like i said i'm going to make a billion okay <laughs> so what does it matter if i start from 0 or minus 1 or even minus 5 or minus 10 but like people it, it might start matter. thinking that i might continue sliding down that maybe i've been you dreaming just, you you just have to learn you just have to learn what you did that made you slide down and just not do that uh... i think i think sliding down to minus 1 million is not that big of a problem actually what is a bigger problem is just staying around around zero have you heard this tony robbins talk about this he says the enemy of the great is good it's not bad if you're bad chances are that you'll realize how bad you are and then you'll start improving and then you'll go from bad to good and then great but the problem is when you're good and you you just accept that good and you're like okay this is just enough like i'm i'm happy and satisfied and content so the really dangerous place to be in is if you have a job and you're doing a job and then you just don't think anything beyond the job and you tell yourself that i'm just satisfied with whatever i make and and that that's it so keep on challenge yourself you know that Yes, if, if you yourself. just become con- yeah, like complacent. telling yourself that you should be okay with whatever you have, that's conventional right. wisdom, right? Like 
learn to be happy with what you have you know like that that's conventional wisdom and that that is something that i completely disagree with if um, you are just if you just become happy you should enjoy with what you have you should enjoy like your current you know state of mind and i really enjoyed even when i was a million dollars in debt i was drink i would drink every night and i would uh you know i would i would have a ball so i was i was having fun and i was gambling and you know i was having fun but but at the end of the day you have to go for bigger and bigger things and if you just set bigger and bigger goals for yourself and just go after them they just they just keep happening i swear to god no book there's nothing that i ever wrote down on a paper for myself and it didn't happen for me like nothing like there's okay. there is nothing the only things that i didn't get is the things that i didn't go for that's it yeah, like but- every single girl that i approached like <laughs> eight, eight, 8 out of 10 times i got her i swear to god even when i was ugly if i just approached i got her and all the girls that i did not get it's 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 just because i didn't approach i didn't have the balls to approach and because i didn't approach i just i just missed that opportunity and it's just like that in in business okay. it's like that in life it's like that it's like you miss the opportunities that you don't take and that's it if you just keep swinging no matter how bad you are like you're going to hit one of the times so you just have to swing a lot that's all yeah but be smart as well otherwise you run out of energy absolutely absolutely be smart but the more you swing the more energy you have to swing more and more and the more you swing the more lessons you learn with every swing and the more smarter you become so a lot of the times it comes down to amb- actually it comes down to action nabuko how much action are you taking right but action also comes down to ambition if you just have a very big ambition and if you if you really like, think, commit to it like that's the belief shakti you've got what's that belief yes isn't it what I, say I'm, that again i i i missed that can you repeat that pass pass the belief okay yeah i think that's what you're talking about yeah and i don't know where that comes from but it's great that you have and but you you faced you faced another adversity you ended up in prison in abu dhabi for carrying inflammatory in dubai i uh, sorry dubai yes for carrying yes, inflammatory yeah. drug which was banned in the united arab emirates yes yeah, i think it's happened I, to many people i've read about that so how um, how oh, long really? were you in prison yeah. for it has happened to many people i met a lot of people when i was in prison that it happened to them so this was a particular medication i was taking for my uh, back my lower back pain and um, i had a herniated disc in my lower back and um, because of my herniated disc i had to take these anti inflammatories and uh, uh, they just it, it was apparently banned because some some people were uh taking these medications to get high these medications made made you dizzy so a lot of the people because dubai is very very strict on drugs there's no drugs in dubai they take it very seriously so so this uh they caught me and they asked me to produce a prescription and my prescription they did not accept because they wanted a prescription which was assessed attested by the ministry of foreign affairs um and it was translated in arabic and all that they had all these requirements which i was not aware about and uh, eventually we did produce the prescription that they wanted and then you know they let me go but because it was a drug go. case yeah absolutely but i thought I you was... ended up, you ended up in prison didn't you oh no so i was i was so i was detained okay and uh, and and in in dubai because they take drugs very seriously they they don't have bail in drug cases in dubai 
So while okay. the case went on to the court, which was about 70 days, yeah. um, that that period I was detained. So I, I was inside the so detention and center. Yeah. And then I was also moved to the actual central jail with real criminals. And I was there for about 70 days. And then eventually a judge saw my case and he gave me bail. And eventually, you know, I got a clean shed and uh, things went back to normal. But those 70 days taught me a lot of um, gratitude and a lot of, because I've, Nabuka, I've been a gambler in my 20s. I had like no like limitations. I had so much money. I could just walk into a mall, buy whatever I want. I just like, I can't tell you. I lived like a rock star in my 20s. I would, I would drink every night. I would just go partying. I would just pay for all my friends everywhere we went. There's many times where whatever the bill I received at a restaurant, I paid. Like if I the bill was $100, I would just pay $200 just like as a tip. Like this, I lived very lavishly. And I was very um, stupid. And what what I was car were you very, driving? Lamborghini? What were you driving? I would rent Lamborghinis. <laughs> I never saw the point in buying. I, I never saw the point in buying you Lamborghini. You drove a Lamborghini. A bit like something out of a movie, right? Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, but I, I would drink so much that I didn't drive as much because I, I was just drinking all the time. Okay. I didn't have to worry okay. about driving. So I never bought expensive cars, but, uh, but you, 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 I, I would you, you, just spend a lot of money on lifestyle. Yeah. A lot of women. Uh, some. I was some, actually okay, lucky right. enough. I was actually lucky enough to be in a in a relationship. Yes. Um, for. So, so I, I've been, I was one, in one relationship for about eight years. And uh, when I you're in I debt. Uh, yes, actually, that is the time when I, when I got into debt, that was one of the, uh, one of the things about when I got into debt, that was one, one more blow that I faced that I, I had to break up with my girlfriend. Because um, one year before, before I got into debt, uh, she was talking to me about getting married and so on. And I was like, yeah, let me make some more money and let me make my life a little bit more stable and then I'll move out of poker and then we can get married. And, um, and then I didn't make money. I in fact lost all my money and I got to do a debt of $1 million, which was like, like insane. And she, like this, she was really coming on the cusp of, you know, her, her, her family in India was, you know, really telling her that you have to get married soon. You, we can't keep, you know, waiting because in India, like they don't wait. They, they no, no, you no. know, get the girls married by 25, 26. So, so how do so, I yeah, know that she, was, it was around I was 2011? About, I was 26. My girlfriend okay. was 26 also. Okay. And um, she, she wanted um, us to get married. And then at that time, when I got myself into debt, I told her that this doesn't look like I'm going to be able to move out of gambling. And I've got myself into a very big mess. I don't know how I'm going to come out of it. It might take years before I get out of this. And um, I think you should just move on. And, and then you told her to move on. Yes, I did. And, okay. um, and we broke up at the time and then I got myself out of debt. And then we again tried to get back together. But then again, due to some reasons, we, we were not able to, to when you were get detained in Dubai, were you still in debt? Uh, was it after I you was, were... yes, I, I had climbed out of it somewhat. So, but, but I still had some debt. I, I think I had about $200,000 worth of debt oh left God. at that point. So it was a real yeah. double blow. Really? Oh, it was blow. There's so many blows. Like I had to break up with the love of my life. I, I really thought I was going to marry her and everything. 
and uh, oh I was gosh. actually fine but but this girl she was just like so um innocent she'd only been with me all her life no no other boyfriends nothing so i i was her world you know so like it was um it was almost like she was almost like my child that i had to let go of and she, i had taken care of her for 8 years almost since she had been like six, six, like 16 17 and uh, now she was scared to live without me and i was scared for her that she's not going to be able to live without me and so on and um but but i so that was very difficult so i was more concerned for her and she had to go through a lot of struggle to move on um from the attachment that she had with me and she's actually married now so she's married how about you your own heart very happy what you brought well, it just, um i'm just made of stone i guess nobuko <laughs> i'm uh i'm I don't know how to put it. Like I, I don't know how to, how to. Um, you are indebted. Like I, you, you are imprisoned. I yeah, mean, I think I'm just. You lost the love of your life, and you're okay. You, you, I am. You're okay. resilient. I man. don't know what, what is wrong with me. Yeah, <laughs> I am very resilient. You could say that. I, uh, I can be very emotional. I wouldn't say I'm not emotional, but, but I am very resilient. I think resilient is the word. Yes. So, so I can how take a did lot you transition of, uh, into stuff, becoming yeah. a businessman from a poker player? I haven't completely, actually. I transitioned into an investor over the last two years from yeah. a poker player, and I have investments now. I've done well also in those investments. Actually, I've more than doubled my money um, over the last uh, 18 months or so across my portfolio, and I've, I'm doing well there. And other than that, I'm actually learning and in business nabugu so you i wouldn't call myself a businessman well i did organize poker events so in that sense i am a businessman but i don't yet i can't claim to be a successful businessman yet in the entrepreneurial world i'm i'm getting there and i'm committed to to you know being there but but you've built your wealth i have i do have you're not in debt anymore <laughs> you've i mean I'm not. You've, yeah You've got a few I'm not million, in debt. Okay? Yeah, I've got Nassets. a few million. Yes, and yeah. uh, uh, and and I'm trying to use that money to acquire more skills, uh, business skills. I have a lot of coaches that I work with. I read a lot. I talk to a lot of people, and I use my money to start various projects. And in pursuing those projects, you just learn. And uh, hopefully, within the next one, two, three years, I will have a few bi- successful business projects, and I will have income from them. and uh, youtube is one of them but in youtube i really want to give back i want to give back to the youngsters i want to talk to the youngsters and tell them the give them the mindsets that are required to make money to become successful and so on i think too many young people waste their lives um just in in alcohol and drugs and you know useless friends and and so on so i, I would like to give some direction, direction to them. they're not taught what they need to learn at school isn't it absolutely they they are not and um, i i i want to actually start a online university to teach real life skills to to youngsters so that they can they can make a million i think make making a million i think is a joke it's it's really a very um it's a very easy feat if if you just commit to it and if you just start taking action it's it can be done in like eight like i think 18 to 24 months easily if someone is starting from zero anyone could do it within 18 months Anyone who's young can do it, right? 
No, that's not right. No, I mean, the, you can this do program it. <laughs> is for those in their 60s. Can, can you be in your 60s and still make a million anybody dollars in 18 it, months? Really? Anybody can do it. Yes, absolutely anybody can do it. It's actually, I would say it's a very small goal. Please consider that it is a very, very small goal to make a million dollars. It's a joke. Then why, why are so few, why are the majority because of the population just, struggling? Because people just don't go for it. People just don't go for it. And um, if you really go for it. But do you, you have start... the resilience to be in debt and still rise? Okay, bounce back. Remember, that's what it takes. Maybe, maybe that's what it takes. But, but so what? So what does it matter? Do you know Donald Trump was in a debt of $6 billion at one point of time? Donald Trump. But he just had imagine... his daddy to he... bankroll him. His daddy awful? did not No, his daddy didn't he, his daddy never made more than two, three hundred million dollars. His Donald Trump was in a debt of six billion dollars. There was no possibility of bailing him out. He said he said in his book that I, I was walking past a beggar and I realized that he is six billion dollars richer than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's great. Yeah, I I, I Six billion dollars later, I will be equal to this beggar. <laughs> so that's great. So, but tell me, so moving on, you, I mean, you, I mean, when I spoke to you earlier, you said that you think there's money in making videos, and that's is, why that's absolutely. why you're focusing on it. So, so, um, so can, can you can you give me the rationale of that? I mean, videos of any kind. Well, there is um, money to be made in creating. I think creating content is a revolution that is starting Nabucco. People forget this. Um, this this new era that we live in right now, these um, how accessible video cameras have become. Like only 30 years ago, you would need millions of dollars to make like a video film or like a, to launch a podcast like this. It, it, it was not possible. And uh, about... 15 years ago, it became possible. And about 10 years ago, people actually started to do it. And now I know so many people that are not even smart, that are not even intelligent. They have no new information, but just because they're take, taking massive action, they've been able to build brands on, on YouTube. Imagine, Nobuko, <clears throat> there is a guy in, in India. His name is Technical Guruji. Okay, His name of his channel is Technical Guruji. He's the second most subscribed channel in, on, on YouTube in India. And when I was in prison, so that was like not that long ago. I can like really close my eyes and think back like it was yesterday. It was like four years ago, right? And when I was in prison, this guy started his YouTube channel. And you should go and see his channel like four or five years ago. And he's not charming. He's not good looking. He's not super talented or intelligent. Like is nothing. He, he he speaks English and he he makes so many mistakes while speaking and like like he's not your average he's not even like an average you know like all the traditionally things that that you want to list like as advantages he he has none of that okay. and all he did was he he made a commitment to himself that I'm going to make minimum one video per day I'm I'm just gonna upload and he started his channel it's called Technical Guruji. It is a channel in which he reviews technical products. So he would take like an electronic product like this one, it's a speaker, right? He would take a product like this and he would review it. And then he would take another product and then he would review it. And he would just do that like every day, day after day. 
and four years later, now he lives in Dubai, and he has like six Rolls Royces, and like I'm probably exaggerating. Like he just has a lot of fancy cars, and he he lives in a big house. Uh, I think they pay him hundred thousand dollars to promote a product now. So, um, like that's his rate. Like if if you if you're a company and you want him to promote your product, they pay you have to pay him like hundred thousand dollars to promote. Like not hundred, I think it's seventy, eighty thousand, something like that. Like some crazy amount. Like he's prop, he's right now the highest paid YouTuber in India, even though he's sub- second most, like third most subscribed channel, something like that. But he's the highest paid one because he he does reviews for like all these electronic companies pay him a lot of money to promote their products, and he built this empire within four years, and with no special talents, just by sh- like taking action. So. So and like has he, so has, much he as has he has he become refined in his mannerism in the way he speaks? Or he is he a little bit, but he's still very he's still very raw. <laughs> still very raw. What you, do you, you still think see his attraction? What 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 was the secret? What 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 people attracted to him about? To him, I think relatability is a big one because uh-huh. a lot of. He talks in Hindi, right? Yeah. So a lot of the, his main unique selling point is that a, there are a lot of technical uh, review channels on YouTube, but almost none of them are in Hindi, and the ones that are in Hindi are not good at all. So on all amongst all the Hindi channels, his content is definitely the best by far. So he just took a niche, which was doing technical reviews in Hindi, and then. It, you know he it just blew up so all the, the like there's a billion people in india right 1.4 billion you know something like that and uh, uh, most of them talk in hindi and just because he does reviews in hindi everyone watches videos he's got like he uploads a video within like two days he's got like 2 million views it's it's insane so what do you what, want what to do with guy? your videos so you want to make yourself a brand i do want to make myself a brand shakti, i want impact and influence shakti chauhan brand yeah and uh, you won't be reviewing electric products what would you be doing well i would just be talking about self improvement nabuga i'm very passionate about it um i will focus a lot of my videos on money because i'm just so passionate about it i understand it and uh, i'm going to do series like, uh, after robot series kiyosaki you'll be another robot kiyosaki i think i'll be better than robot kiyosaki okay all right fuck robot kiyosaki this is a personal finance for ordinary people or for 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 businessmen for anyone that wants okay. to uh, wants to improve i will i will focus my attention on younger people because younger people are just a lot more hungry for it yeah, but uh, them but better. yeah yeah but but re- and i i thought i was only talking to men and then i upload the video and i start getting messages from girls like like this big messages from girls like i saw your video i'm so inspired so i guess i'm now talking to girls and uh, boys and uh, so is this I, in when hindi I, or in or in english mostly in english i'm okay. more comfortable talking in english and i do want to reach more people so i want to talk in english but i have started another hindi channel as well just because if some people can't understand english then i do want to you know reach them so i, I am starting a hindi channel and i will i will build i'm starting seven channels seven youtube channels yeah and i will build all of them over time and what i would like is uh, for people to get value from it what i like to get for myself is um Uh, i would like to get impact and influence so i want to set myself as an authority figure in the domain of self improvement self development and i would like to be associated with that 
And then I would like to use that brand to get in touch with people that really inspire me. People like Jordan Peterson, people like uh, Robert Kiyosaki and people like uh, Brian Rose. Yes. People like um, um, Elon but Musk. You yeah. You know, okay. but you don't need to all go that far to, to contact those people. They'll come and talk to you. If you are, yeah. if, if your show is interesting enough, okay. So after, in, okay. So what do you want to do when you're, you're when you're famous and rich? I mean, when you're more, when you're famous and, and even richer, what do you want to do? I think I would mostly just like to explore ideas, and um, yeah, I, I love to read. I would like to if if I get to my goal, which is like my goal for the next five years is. One billion dollars, but my okay. my ultimate goal, my ultimate monetary goal is ten billion dollars. Once okay. I get to ten billion dollars, I think I'll stop working for money. Yeah, like I will, I will just take all my actions and just start doing things that I want to do anyway, and just not do anything for money. Like right now, my decisions are affected by two things: one thing that I want to do something, but then I bloody well make sure that I'm going to make money at it as well. Like I'm not, I'm not just going to do it just because I want to do it. Um, so, so yeah, in some way it has to help my, you know, monetary goal. That's when I decide to put my time into it. Okay. But, uh, once I reach 10 billion, what I would like to do is I would just like to make talk shows and write books and read books and talk to the most intelligent people in the world on, in a talk show format like this, like how you and me are talking right now. And, uh, I would like to just become the best talk show in the world. That's that's what I would like. That's a personal goal of mine. Okay. But you said you also want to kind of help young people. And I said at the beginning that you want to use your wealth to transform the world. Maybe that was my wish for thinking. No, I, I do uh, want to use. Well, I haven't decided what I'm going to do with all that wealth. That will go. Obviously, my uh, wants. I, so I can tell you what I want to do now, but whatever I think right now, like, ideas change, your priorities change, everything changes. So right now, one of my goals is to help young people because one of my frustrations is like how much time I wasted. And like, if I knew what I know now, I like, I wish, we all wish, Nobuko, don't we, that if we could just go back in time and just, you know, change a few things just the way we wanted it. And we can't, we can't. I never do. I'm 63, but I don't, I don't wish that. I'm happy as well. I don't wish to be uh, young again. That's that's great, and I don't want to be. I don't wish to be a kid again. So <laughs> I I know what you mean. But my one of my greatest frustrations is how much I could have done with my twenties, and uh, I I still did do a lot, but I I could have done so much more. So like everything that I know, I think my only solace would be to now talk to other twenty year olds and then now have them do everything that I couldn't do so that then, you know, I can, I can feel good about, uh, about myself or at least what I, what I, what I learned and the realizations I had. So I'm excited about that. And, and you said uh, that in your online university, one of the things you'd like to teach is what Owen Cook. Yes. Said that kind of how to, uh, how to build relationship or how to attract young women. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, mean, I think, is that important? I think, so this, this is a field which is called cold approach pickup. Okay. It is okay. a very taboo. It's a very taboo and a very um, a politically incorrect uh, field that, that I did study for a while. Yes. And I still go back to it from time to time. 
So what cold approach pickup is, is um, it teaches, it's a field which teaches men to go up to girls and just to be able to talk to them, which mm-hmm. if you, if you think about it, I don't know as a woman, how much you're aware of this, but most men are terrified to, to go up to a girl and, and talk to her. And what happens is because they are really terrified, that's why inevitably they just settle for a girl that they actually don't want to be with. Does that make sense? No. Okay. So <laughs> what happens is if, if you don't, it's just like with everything else in life. If, if you don't have, if you're terrified of going after what you really want, what happens is inevitably you just settle for something that you actually didn't want. But it yeah, was I know what you're saying. I know you. what you're saying, but I don't think that's true. I can't believe that's true. Oh my God! It is so well, true. Men got so many tricks. No, this is so. This is such a big misconception. All women think this. Men have absolutely no tricks. They they are absolutely like the the men that you see womanizing have tricks, but there are so few of them. Yes, the men that are womanizing a lot, they have a lot of tricks. And, and those, but those men are like less than 1%, 99% of men are just like, they are just nice and polite and they, they are terrified of women and they cannot talk to them. They're extremely shy and all these things. Right. And what happens is because of this, like whichever woman they, they just have around them, they just end up either being with them or marrying with them or getting overly attached with them. And that oftentimes turns into a toxic relationship. This is a rabbit hole. <laughs> Cold approach pickup is a rabbit hole. But okay, the, the point that I was making is that I Owen Cook is the best coach in, in, in the domain of cold approach pickup. He also teaches self-development. He teaches communication. He teaches public speaking. He does a lot of things. But what he started off as was a cold approach pickup teacher. So what he would do is he would take men that were really shy to talk to women. And that was me, by the way. I was never confident in going and talking to women. But over time, you know, I developed that. Now I can walk up to a girl and, you know, talk. But, but I was not always like that. So, so w- this is very important uh, for a young man to know because it affects his self-esteem. If he doesn't, if he's not able to go up to a girl and talk to her, it affects his self-esteem. And this, I, I believe it's a part of being a man. And uh, me and my brother have... Um, have um, looked into this and learned from Owen Cook. And I think, I think young men can learn. What, what from have you me. learned then? What is he teaching, trying to teach you? Not you, but I guess, young men. I, I guess he just teaches you not to be scared and be yourself. Oh, okay. That's it. So uh, I, he teaches not to be scared, to be yourself, not to manipulate or to just show only the best sides of you. He teaches you also to show the vulnerable sides of you. And he teaches um, that, you know, uh, a woman, even though she might look like a fairy to you or like, uh, you know, just out of this world kind of a beauty to you that is unattainable almost. Um, she is not that unattainable. And, and you should, she's just a human being, just like, you with feelings and with insecurities and and so many other things and you should you should just be loving you know not yeah be loving not put her on a pedestal like play around with her like just you know like challenge her a little bit tease her a little bit and uh, uh, in the traditional sense he teaches seduction okay mm-hmm. but what he's really teaching what i have found he's really teaching 
is communication. He's bridging the gap between men and women. Wherever men and women are not communicating in an honest manner, Owen Cook comes in and he he bridges that gap. That's great. And you there know, is a guy. That's what the world there needs. There is an Owen Cook for. Absolutely, that's what the world needs. And um, uh, and he gets a lot of slack and he gets a lot of uh, negative negativity that he has to deal with just because people paint him as this guy that. Uh, that teaches men how to get laid and how to manipulate women. He really doesn't teach men how to manipulate women. He teaches men how to become honest with women and real with women so that they can connect with each other. And there is an Owen Cook for women, by the way. His name is Matthew Hussey. He's awesome. He teaches women how to get over guys. He teaches women how to get over breakups. What's he the name? Matthew? Oh, he's a guy. Matthew Hussey. Yeah, he's a guy. <laughs> he teaches women how to how to get your perfect guy. And uh, how to keep him, and how to make sure that the, uh, how to deal with a womanizer kind of a guy. Like he has all these courses and all. Yeah, these they're very, very important. They're very practical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you yeah, have absolutely. So, so we need some. We definitely need experts in this domain on the girl side, and we yeah. need experts in this domain on the man side. Yes. On the man side, it's Owen Cook, and on the girl side, it is Matthew Hussey. Okay. Thank you very much. So you're now in Yosemite Park. And making yes, films. And what what videos are you making? I'm currently writing down. I have an ocean of ideas, Nobuko. There's just so many to contain. But um, uh, there is a series that I I started writing yesterday, and we're going to start shooting it uh, tomorrow. Um, me and my friend are going to do it. It's called Unfair Advantages. So it's going to be a series of videos that we will do on what. Can you do in your life to get an unfair advantage? So, for example, let me read it out to you. So, these are some of the things that you can do. Okay. So, first thing is dress your best. Okay. Almost everyone that I know doesn't dress well, and you will see in your life almost no one puts an effort into dressing. So, if you dress well, you you're just you just pop out. You just stand out. Amongst all people, so that I'm going to elaborate on this topic. That's one. Then quit alcohol. Nine out of ten adults drink. Okay, almost everybody drinks, which means almost everybody is lethargic. They get hangovers. They waste a lot of time drinking with their friends. They're they're just not on point. Their mind is not at operating at their full potential. If you become that person that doesn't drink, so I don't drink. I quit alcohol and it changed my life. If you become that person that doesn't drink, that's an unfair advantage that you can get over the rest of the people, over the rest of the field. Okay, then have the Midas touch. So Midas touch is when you touch and something turns into gold. So yeah. this this is a, another video in which I explain how you must be excellent. So everything that I do, I try to make it excellent. If I walk into a room and if it's messy, five minutes later, either I'm not in that room or that room is not messy anymore. So it's it's almost like wherever I go. I take order with me, so that's kind of like having the Midas touch. Everything that you touch turns to gold. For example, mm-hmm. Donald Trump, right? Everything he touches turns to gold. We think Midas touch is a story that that was in in the books and it's not real. But Midas touch is real. Midas touch, everything that you touch turns to gold. Like imagine everything Elon Musk touches turns to gold. He has the Midas touch. So Midas touch is inside of you. You can develop the Midas touch. Imagine everything you touch, everyone you speak to becomes famous. Every everything you touch just turns to gold. Oprah Winfrey, right? She had the Midas touch. 
everyone she spoke to everyone that came on her show just instantly became famous every like she had the mightiest touch so have the mightiest touch that's an unfair advantage get rich is another unfair advantage like it's very easy to get rich i i go into how easy it is how to make money and once Come you on, have money what Robert you can do Robert Kiyosaki he says it's not easy but it's not that difficult so there's a big very big easy. difference it's very easy i told you i'm better than robert kiyosaki anyway it's very okay. easy okay, so, so you cannot imagine you once you do it you you will not you will be like oh my god this was so easy why did i do it when i was 11 okay all right so that's what you're doing it's very easy okay absolutely just write down nobuko write down uh, and uh, do you write things down nobuko yes, by the way yeah. writing writing down things changed my life four years ago i started writing things down everything that i wrote down not it's never been that i wrote down something and it didn't come true okay um when i was in jail by the way i i wrote down a girl that i was infatuated with okay and i wrote down i'm going to go on a date with this girl after i get out of this prison okay and i was infatuated with this girl she had rejected me many times and i i actually got out and i took her out and then i again asked her out and she she agreed and then we went out and now i'm dating her even now four years later Okay, and when are you going to marry her? I don't know about that. <laughs> you said you want to have two children. So that's part of I do. Musical. I do, I do, but yes. there's a, it's, it's a very complicated subject, Nobuko. <laughs> I don't okay. think I'm a good candidate for marriage. It's it's oh it's very God. complicated. Well, thank you very much, Shak. Active for talking to me. So, uh, good luck with your film um, video making and when when can we see your video? this a self help well it's um well this one i'm going to take some time shooting and then you always take time editing so maybe like 3 weeks from now okay. something like that and how can we how can we search it on in google uh my channel the vlog channel is called shakti chohan living yeah that's shakti one channel chohan, yeah and it's going to be on there my, yeah it's going to be on the shakti chohan living channel yeah and you can also search shakti chohan living on instagram that's yeah. also some place where it will be uploaded yeah. and uh, my second channel is called shakti chohan uh, show which is yeah. my podcast channel yeah and the most exciting channel actually that i have is called shakti chohan talks so i make these 3 4 minute talks um that i put a lot of thought into and and i love them and mostly people that listen to love them so you got yeah. you can listen but, 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 to shakti chohan talk self help tips that you just mentioned where can you find them there they will be on all, shakti all my videos uh, all my videos are self help so i don't talk anything i only talk I about self improvement making money getting better uh, in your life that's what i talk about so um this yeah so go to shakti chohan talking experts No, this is mostly me talking. Okay. Mostly me talking in okay. in my Shakti Chauhan Living channel, which is the vlog channel, and then the Shakti Chauhan Talks, which is which is something that I really put a lot of thought into. So these these are some of my best work. So you so, can go so on YouTube and check it out. By doing that, you're going to make yourself a big brand. Also on Instagram. Yeah. Yes, also Instagram. Shakti Chauhan Talks on Instagram as well. You must go and listen to them, Nabu. You really, I think. And can really you send like me the links? Then I'll put them. on my absolutely on, on, on the description of, of um spotify okay good luck thank you absolutely. very much lovely talking to you bye